Merry Christmas and welcome into this week's podcast presented by Freedom Life Church. We hope you find today's message uplifting and encouraging as we dive into God's Word together. If you need any information about our church or this message, please go to wearefreedomlife.com. Now let's get right into it. Christmas. The countdown has begun and the stores are being overrun, right? Some of you dread going to certain stores because you're like, somebody's going to run my toe over with a shopping cart at some point or smash into my hip their car full of all this stuff, right? So whatever it is, you know, it's that countdown where some, my daughter's been counting down for Christmas since like July. Seriously, I'm not even kidding you. She's like ready to go. And you know, that, that's okay. You know, this is a beautiful time of the year. And we got we to, gotta, you know, enjoy that. But we also have to protect what the reason for this is. And one thing my children do know is the reason why we're doing this. The reason why we're doing Christmas. The reason why we celebrate Christmas. And it's easy to get lost in the gifts and the decorations The parties and the central focus of Christmas. And Jesus was born to bring gifts of hope and and gifts of peace and gifts of what we're going to talk about this morning. And that is joy. Everybody say joy. Joy. Now tell your face joy. Because I say joy sometimes. Some of you are like joy. That's not joy. That's God knows what. That's you need some Java and joy, maybe. That's a little bit of that. But this, the reality is that sometimes we don't understand what joy really is. Joy isn't what's happening around me, right? Joy is what's happening within me. And so the first week we learned about hope in the middle of our circumstances. Last week we talked about peace in the middle of our circumstances. This morning I want to talk about joy in all circumstances. Joy in all circumstances. See, I want to share a few scenarios, and this is interactive, so I need the house lights up for a minute, and I need you to be ready because I'm going to ask you to stand up for a moment and, 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 and give a little bit of poll. Can you guys help me out with this? It's four questions. It's not too much to ask. We provided you some great music and some great prayers. Just give me back a little bit of poll here for a moment, all right? We're going to take a poll. Yes, you too, Chase. Don't even try it. I want to share a few questions with you, and I need you to help me with this. So here's what I want you to do. It's, we're going to call this Stand Up or Stay Seated. It's a real clever title. <laughs> Working on that for weeks, right? So what I'm going to ask you to do is, is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint a scenario and you're going to stand up if this brings you joy and stay seated if it doesn't. Okay, you ready? You go through the drive-thru. Are you ready to stand up? Okay. You go through the drive-thru and your favorite coffee shop there, right? And you order your favorite drink and discover that the car in front of you paid for it. Joy or no joy? Stand if it's joy. 
Extra joy. We got extra joy over here. Anybody, anybody need extra joy? Stand, sit next to her. She's going to give you some joy. Okay, stay seated for a minute. Okay, next scenario. You wake up Christmas morning and find out it snowed four inches overnight. Joy or no joy? joy. Mixed feelings, mixed feelings. If you shovel, you're like, I ain't standing up. If you don't shovel, you're like, joy. Hercules, Hercules. Right? Okay, sit down, sit down. Okay, so... When you put on your jacket or a pair of jeans for the first time in a long time and you put them on and then you go like this and you find money. Joy or no joy? Come on. You see this? Look around. Joy comes in the morning when you put your pants on. (laughs) That's not in the scripture. That last part's not in the scripture. Okay, last one. Here it is. You water your Christmas tree enough so it doesn't become dry and crispy, and the needles drop all over the floor after you've done vacuum. Joy or no joy? Wow, it was like a a room of statues. You, You know what's interesting? Your joy was dependent on your circumstances as I ask these questions. Now that's normal because I would have done the same thing as half of you done. I'm not sure I would have stood up too much. To, but Christmas morning snow is good. But it proves a point that sometimes we see joy and it depends on what's happening for me to feel joy. Here's what I, and some of you are like, you tricked us, Pastor Tony. You tricked us, Right? And yeah, it was a little bit of a trick, but I think, I think we all feel the same way because I think I would, have, I would have done the same thing you would have done. I think I would have stood up for certain things, and absolutely. But I think we also kind of get trapped in this idea that somehow my circumstances externally determine whether I'm going to have joy today or whether I'm going to have a good day or whether I'm going to have a great day or I'm going to have a poor day, right? Like a bad day. And so... It's important that we look at this situation and we think in our mind that joy in life is largely connected to our circumstances naturally. Naturally. That's not how God wants it. Would you agree with that? Some of you are like, all of you are like, Pastor Tony tricked me. Uh, I think I agree with him though. That your joy should not be determined by what is happening around you. But it often is, and I get in that trap myself. I often think something goes wrong in the morning. I'm like, oh, man, this is starting off to be a rough day. You know, you go and you're already running late, and you get to your car, and you got a flat tire. Or you get to your car, and you, you, know, and you realize, I'm running behind, and I got, I'm low in a tank of gas. Or maybe you just get up, and, and you, your last nice shirt, whatever, you got and you spill something right at breakfast, right on your shirt, and you got to run out the door or something. You know, all these things happen right before you got to leave, or you're running late, right? How many realize that? Why? Because you're rushing to get to do something, and that rushing puts you in a position where you end up spilling something. So what I'm saying is we look at that, we go, oh, can this day get any worse? Don't ever say that. (laughs) How many agree with me? Don't ever say that. Because the universe has a way of telling you, yes, it can. Right? You spill something, something, you know. But here's what I want you to do. 
I want you to understand something. that There was a hidden idea behind this poll that I just took with you guys. That whatever you do, when you want joy, take a stand. Whatever you do, take a stand. And take a stance understanding that nothing's going to take away and nothing's going to keep me where I am. Because when I have joy, I got to keep moving. I got to keep moving. No matter what happens in my life, I got to keep moving. See, when things are going well and we feel good, keep it moving. Come on, say it with me. Keep it moving. When things are going well and we feel good, when things are going poorly and things feel bad, our joy ebbs and flows, right? And so I believe that one aspect of our heart for Christmas, we want all the joy and none of the turmoil. Right? Right? We want all the joy and no turmoil. And what happens is we forget that Mary and Joseph were not at a five-star hotel. Joy happened. The word was, became flesh happened, but it didn't happen in the location we thought it would. And in fact, as the Messiah was born, that didn't look like what the Jews thought it was going to look like, was it? They were looking for the Messiah to pull out a sword, ride it on a horse, and with all this armor, and he was going to set them free. No, he rode it on a donkey. Horse, donkey. Horse, donkey. Doesn't look like we thought, does it? But again, when things get tough, joy causes you to have to stand. Joy makes you stand. And I hope that you see that this Christmas. As John began writing this gospel letter, the gospel of John, he gave a different perspective on the birth of Jesus than maybe the other gospel writers did. He tells us, rather than uh, telling us his, uh, his iter- uh, the, 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 about the shepherds and the magi and the manger, he gave us a big picture view. So watch this. Here's an explanation that took place at Bethlehem. Watch this. John wrote uh, in John chapter 1, for no joy, no joy, no matter what we face in our life, we can have joy. Here's what he said. John chapter 1, verse 14. John placed it like this. He said, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. None of the other gospel writers said it like that. John, the, the book of John is an incredible gospel. Why? Because the Bible tells us in the beginning of John. Watch this. Every Bible right here. Look at me. The book of John, the gospel of John was written The Bible tells us so that you may believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. So it's written very differently than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John was written, and in John what he said specifically was the word became flesh. In other words, God put, God allowed us to experience the word instead of just reading it. And dare I say to you today that God desires for you to experience Jesus, not just read about him. That's why we have worship in this room. That's why we have praise. That's why some lift their hands and some put their hands down and some do this, whatever. They kneel, they stand. Why? Because there's freedom in the house of the Lord. 
there's joy in the house of the Lord. And we can celebrate that. Yes? How many believe that there should be joy in the house of the Lord? Come on. Round of, by, by applause, yes? Yes? But sometimes we allow our circumstances to dictate that. And who gets robbed? You and God. When we don't praise God through our, our circumstances, you get robbed because sometimes you, what you're doing is you're allowing that to rob you of, of giving praise to God, and it robs God from receiving praise from you. You need to press through. Somebody tell your neighbor right now, you need to press through. You need to press through. That's good word of advice. That's good advice. That's good advice. See, what John described is known as the incarnation. Jesus Christ was the incarnation, and, the, and it comes from the Latin word carne, which I know very well as a, as a Hispanic Puerto Rican. I know a lot about carne. Carne in Spanish means meat. But in this word, in the actual, uh, in the actual Latin word, it technically means flesh. So, so it means flesh. He came incarnated. That is, Jesus Christ came in the flesh. The word became flesh. The word was Christ. Christ was the word. Christ became flesh. One of the greatest things in human history. So when we look at that, uh, verse 14 says the word became flesh. The word should be capitalized because it is the person of Jesus. He, call, he was called the word because he perfectly embodies all of scripture. In human flesh by the way he lived on this earth. How many know that this world would be a better place if we all want, were like Christ, were like the incarnate Jesus? This world would look very different, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it look so different if we all loved like he loved, gave like he gave, served like he served? healed like he healed and embraced children and and loved people who were sick and was not afraid to talk with, with people at a well and was not afraid to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover what what would this world would look like what would this world look like and christmas is a picture of that and yet we thumb it down to gifts gifts Oh, they're great. I love gifts. You love gifts. I'm sure you do. But is that what we're doing? Is that why we're here? That's why we're having Christmas service. Because the whole thing was about him. The whole thing was about him. If it wasn't for Christ, it wouldn't be a Christmas. And we would have no holiday. We will be, we will settle with Thanksgiving. Thank God for Thanksgiving. I love me some food. See? I'm not the only one. But what if it just ended there? If there was no Christ, there'd be no Christmas. If there was no Christ, there'd be no salvation. So what I'm saying is, the passage gives us two reasons for joy. And I'm going to give them to you today. Two reasons. Two points. Number one. We can have joy because God came to us. We didn't have to go to God. 
God came to us. You look at the Old Testament and they constantly came to God. They constantly came and they brought things to God. Here, we look at an amazing picture. Everyone look at me. He, we have an amazing picture painted. And here's this amazing picture. God came to us. Friends, if that doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what will. That the God of the universe that created everything you see came to us. If that doesn't help you like understand how much he loves you, then you need to stop, pray, and say, God, show me how much you love me through this statement that God came to us. The common misconception that people carry around with them is that to be, uh, to be reunited with God in right relationship, we must work super hard to be perfect. Not true. We can't make our way to heaven. We can't earn our way to heaven. Can you hear that? Can I make that loud and clear? Everybody look at me. You cannot earn your way to heaven, period. You can't. That's the beauty of the whole thing. That God came to us and provided a way to get to heaven. One of the greatest joy robbers in our lives is thinking that we can never be good enough. And so we don't try you say, well, what do you mean? I thought you said you can't try, you can't try, you can't get your way to heaven. No, we, we don't even allow God to come to us. We don't even allow God to bless us. We don't allow God to do something in our lives. We just shut ourselves out saying, I'm hopeless. That's it. Can I tell you, there are no hopeless people, just seemingly hopeless situations. There's always going to be things that seem hopeless. Raise your hand if you've ever been in a situation that seemed hopeless. Hopeless. I say seemed. Seemed hopeless. Can I tell you something? There's one that brings hope, and his name is Jesus. If we're relying on the abilities of others to help us feel like we're worthy and good enough or, or make us feel not good enough, what we're doing is we're giving license to, for people to steal our blessing, to steal our joy. The moment you let somebody live rent-free in your mind that you are less than or even greater than, you, what, you're, what you're doing is you're, you're allowing them to steal your joy. And most people don't struggle with the other, that, that you are more than. Most people don't walk around blowing your head up, making you feel like you're the, the greatest thing on the planet Earth, right? Most people want to tear you down so they can feel better about themselves. By and large, yes? How many would agree with that? Most people, they're so pitiful that they just want you to feel pitiful so that they can feel less pitiful. Because they want to bring you down. Because in some way, if they can bring you down, they can then elevate. Right? So when I'm not going to elevate my life, I'm just going to de-escalate everybody else's so that I can feel better. That way, I don't have to try. Right? If I can bring everybody down, I don't, have to, I don't have to work on myself. I can just bring everybody down around me, settle down everybody, bring everybody down, and I don't have to work on myself, and I don't look, I have to look at the man in the mirror. And that, for some people, is joy. I want, I want to live that way. Are you kidding me? I want to bring everybody around me up. I want to I wanna elevate people. Listen, let God take care of me. I'm going to help take care of people. Because that's what he says, right? He says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. 
right? So I lift up Jesus in your life and you get lifted up, God's going to take care of me. He's going to encourage me because I'm doing his will. You follow? Is this helping somebody? Good, good, good. That's, that was the goal. So, many times we look at a messy disaster in our lives, in our perspective, and it's hard for us to find reasons to have joy. Can I tell you something? Today you can access joy in the house of the Lord. You can access joy in the presence of God. You see, if we look closely, we might see God coming near to us if we have that right perspective. But when we see ourselves as having to go to him every single time instead of knowing that he came to us, we try to earn our way to feeling better. What we need to do is continuously realize that every day the Holy Spirit's working in you something so that you could be more like Jesus. Every day he's coming to you. You may, as a believer, every single day, if you know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, what you're, what, what you're experiencing every day is not God's guilt. God does not guilt you to love him. He convicts you of sin to draw you to himself because naturally when you start running from sin, you run to God and he will then take and shape you into the image of his son. But when we embrace sin in the world, we are in essence running from God. We are embracing the wrong things. Romans 5 tells us this. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, joy is at the heart of Christmas. And, be, and because knowing that we can never make it to him, that God came to us, we can have joy that is coming to us. Did you know that you can have joy come to you? Joy can come to you by accessing God's presence. And so of all the religions of the world, as far as I've ever studied over the last 25 or so years, Christianity is the only religion in the world where the deity does what is necessary to unite with humanity. There are other religions that will cause you to earn your way and merit your way and find your way to heaven. But, but Christianity is the only religion in the world where God took the initiative to rescue you and come to you and make all the provisions necessary. And yet we complain that Christianity is too, too hard. Can I tell you something? He's already done half the test for you. How many would like to start with a, a, a hundred and half the test already done? Right? That's in essence what happened. Like God, God did so much of the way. He's provided all the way. And in fact, I think 50%, even half the test is, is understating it. I think he's done so much for us that all we need to do is say, God, I trust you with the rest of it. Right? He's paid the whole debt. I'm not saying he only paid 50%. What I'm saying is all it takes is you now to respond to him because it's not all on him. He came to us already. The problem is not that he's ever, ever sending people to hell is that God has provided a way, and what we're doing is we're rejecting his payment. No, 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 I'll pay my own bill. I don't need you to pay my bill. And that bill you can't pay. Thereby putting ourselves in a position where, why would a loving God send people to hell? That's exactly what he didn't do. 
He provided his son and made all the provisions. All you got to do is say yes. Oh, yes, it gets hard. It gets hard sometimes because we have to, we have to get out of this sinful nature and maneuver around that. But my goodness, he's provided a way for us. Amen? Point number two, and here it is. God loves us just as we are and too much to leave us that way. Looking further into John, we see that God loves us so much. But he loves us so much that he'll take us as we are, but he'll never leave us that way. And I say this to people all the time. I say, you know, it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. So what God said is, listen, it's okay. It's okay that you're lost. I'm going to provide a way, but I love you too much to leave you the way you are. You see, his arrival among us should fill us with joy because not only did God come close to us, but because he loves us, he became us. He became sin. He became, I want to be careful how I phrase this, because he was without sin, but he took on all the weight. Of a sinner. And he did that for you and for me. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. He gave you the ultimate gift of salvation. Do you realize that you are loved by God? Do you realize that you're not just tolerated and put up with it? You ever had somebody that you work with? Somebody that you go to school with? That you can't say you love them. You could say you tolerate them. How many ever worked with somebody like that? Don't point, just raise your hand. Jim, I said, don't point, Jim. How many, how many realize that sometimes in our life, we, we, we love some people, we like some people, and then we tolerate some people? Wow, I got a lot of amens on that one. Why are you looking at me like that, people? Don't do it. We tolerate some people. And you know what? God is not tolerating you. He loves you. And he cares about you. And what, you know what hurts his heart? When you walk around without joy. Without reason for hope. God doesn't want you to walk around without joy. He wants you to have joy in all circumstances because those circumstances don't define you. Those circumstances don't define you as a person or your life. Those circumstances come because it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. It doesn't matter where you are in life. It's going to rain. You're going to have those days. Whether you love Jesus or you don't love Jesus, you're going to get up and there's going to be a flat tire somewhere. That happens. Oh, God doesn't love me. Stop it. Stop that mess. You didn't take care of your tire. That's not God's fault. Some of y'all know you're going to get a flat when it gets cold. Right? I've been there. Dumb tire. No, dumb you. Dumb me. I know this is going to happen when it gets cold. Right? So oftentimes we blame God for things. God's like, I love you. Get a new tire. 
This ad sponsored by Tire Company. No. <laughs> you couldn't pay me enough. Jesus came from the Father full of grace and truth. He came to us so we could have joy. Stop running from it. Let him embrace you today. And you know what? Sometimes you just got to stop what you're doing. If something's stressing you, turn it off the TV for crying out loud. Shut off the TV. You know what? Can I challenge you this, this, this Christmas season? Shut things off. Shut things off. Put down the phone. Stop scrolling. And just listen to each other. And enjoy the moment that is in front of you. Like a rap gift shared from one to another, God wants to give you joy in your heart today. So let me, let me kind of put this in a thought here. Because I like what um, the great pastor Charles Spurgeon once said. Because I need us to understand that joy is a result of grace, Right? But Charles Spurgeon said this. Look, let's look at this quote. I don't know if I have that quote, but it says this. There is a marvelous medicinal power in joy. Most medicines are distasteful, but this, which is the best of all medicines, is sweet to the taste and comforting to the heart. This blessed joy is very contagious. One dolorous spirit brings a kind of plague into the house. One person who is wretched seems to stop all the birds from singing wherever he goes. But the grace of joy is contagious. Holy joy will oil the wheels of your life's machinery. Holy joy will strengthen you for your daily labor. Holy joy will beautify you and give you an influence over the lives of others. Come on, somebody. Holy joy will oil your machinery. You know what that means? Every single day, you're going through the rigors of life and you're, everything's kind of squeaky. Stuff is grinding and you're going through life. And you know what joy does? Joy just makes things go a little smoother. Something goes wrong, eh, what you going to do? Sometimes that's the response we need to have. What you going to do? There's nothing you could have done to avoid that. There's nothing you could have done to change that. If you can't change it, then here's the challenge. Don't concern yourself over it too much. If you had no power over it, don't give it power over you. Let joy come into your life again. Let joy, watch this now, come into your marriage again. Follow me here because I, I need to come down to the crowd here for a moment. I need you to know something. Listen, what you need to realize that in your life, joy is a gift that if you don't unwrap it, you'll never get it. Just like any other gift. If you don't unwrap it in your life, you'll never get it. And there's nothing or no one that can duplicate God's joy. Holy joy will fix things that nothing else can. That's why God gave us hope, peace, joy, and love. And those are the four things that we're talking about in the heart of Christmas here. We're talking about all these things. And what is joy? 
Joy unspeakable means that sometimes I'm speechless. I don't understand why I feel the way I feel, but I'm glad I do. I'm telling you right now, in this house right now, there's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord. And I realize this. Watch this. Christ is the giver of eternal life and the one who brings joy. And my last statement as the worship team comes, my last statement is this. Joy holds the power to change us and to change the world. Look at me. That joy is available to all who know Jesus. If you know Jesus, there is joy available to you.